Let's open our Bibles up to uh, John chapter 14. And uh, we'll start in verse 15. So John chapter 14 and verse 15. These are such important verses. Um, a wonderful foretelling. Excuse me. John chapter 14 and verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. And uh, so many people claim to love Jesus, but do they keep his commandments? And I'll pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Over to verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the title of this talk is Comfort. And uh, this passage, these few verses that I've read, uh, are just so wonderful because uh, Jesus is uh, teaching people about the kingdom of God and he's saying later on, uh, I won't be here anymore, but I'll give you the comforter. I'll not leave you comfortless. And it quite plainly says in verse 26 that the comforter is the Holy Ghost. And uh, we heard in testimony, those that received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. And so this comfort, the comforter, is uh, what the Lord uh, wants to give a people. And so I'm going to talk today about comfort. And comfort encompasses a lot of things. And I often think of comfort as um, like on a, a cold night, snuggled up in bed. It's nice and comfortable and warm and cosy. That's how it feels, but, uh, but that's what it is, comfortable. And that's how the Lord wants us. He wants us to be comfortable. Uh, he's given us the comforter which dwells in us. The comforter will never leave us. So no matter what's happening around us, we'll always have the comforter in us, which is the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and it says in verse 27, like, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. So tied up with this comforter and, and, a, and a feeling of comfort is peace. You know, um, uh, you're at peace, you're not worried and so forth, not concerned. And it's a remarkable thing to, uh, to have peace. So the Lord's given us this comforter, uh, which is really the peacemaker, you know, making us peaceful. Uh, and that peace comes from him. And it makes this... Uh, moment of clarity is, is that peace that he gives to us, the peace that he gives to us is different to the peace that we might get from the world. Now, human beings, we live in this world, we're surrounded by people, we're, we're inundated with ideas and all these things that uh, people claim to, uh, to help us out or to bless you. Of course, uh, <clears throat> when I first came to the Lord... Um, uh, bloke who witnessed to me, I, I sneezed and, um, uh, no, he sneezed and I said, oh, bless you. And he goes, it's right, already M. <laughs> so, yes, you already are blessed. Uh, I always keep that in my mind. <laughs> uh, we are already blessed. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, 
But yeah, there's peace. And so um, it's natural to search out um, sources of peace from people around us or things around us, but it's not the sort of peace that the Lord wants to give us. Uh, He wants to give us the true peace. He's already given us the comforter. It's up to us to catch up (laughs) in a way. We've got this spirit in us. It's up to us. Uh, with the the fleshly stuff going on in our mind and in ourselves and how we interpret things around us to catch up with the peace that God wants us to have. And it's inner peace. Matthew 11. Matthew 11 and verse 28. And this is a big part of it as well. I've read this uh, a few times. More words of Jesus Christ. Matthew 11 and verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So rest is another aspect of peace and comfort, not striving. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So that's where I referred to. We've got the comforter in us. It's up to us to catch up and uh, part of us catching up and understanding about comfort and peace and rest is to learn, to learn of Jesus Christ. For I am meek and lowly in heart. So he's guiding us. If he's meek and lowly in heart, then let us be also. And you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what I find is... um, as we go through life, we realise we carry burdens that we didn't even know we had. You know, I, only recently I, um, I realised I'm carrying this burden. And I, I didn't even realise it was. But when you realise, oh, there's this burden I'm carrying, Lord, can you deal with it? Okay, can you deal with it? Because I want rest. I want to be comfortable. I want comfort and peace. And, uh, and the Lord here is actually saying, hey, look, I want you to give me your burdens. I don't want you to be heavy laden. You know, I want you to be, uh, to, to be free to look to me for guidance instead of heavy laden with things that you put on your back, um, which is human nature. We all do it. And the Lord's saying, well, look, be meek, be lowly in heart, learn of Jesus Christ, learn of him. We've got the word, we've got others to talk about things and uh, experiences people have had. To, uh, to help us to, uh, to lay our burdens on him. And, and that is a, a source of comfort and peace. Uh, Luke 12. Luke chapter 12. And verse 13. Um. In my introductory comments, I referred to Pontius Pilate saying, what is truth? He said that 2,000 years ago, which is a long time. You know, um, we might uh, think of the olden days, you know, uh, where our great-grandparents age, when they might have gone to school on horseback or something. Uh, But that was only 120 years ago or so. But uh, this is 2,000 years ago. So this is well beyond the olden days. And um, here we've got another one which uh, has always been the case that, uh, that people have pursued this. 
Luke 12 and verse 13. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Right? So this again is 2,000 years ago. There's this person who's complaining because he wants his little bit of inheritance. It's not a modern thing. You know, we hear of amazing uh, stories of, um, or amazing as in uh, bizarre, of people taking their family to court because they want their inheritance. And I didn't know this, but I only recently found out that my own grandmother took her sibling to court over inheritance. It's happening to, it happened 2,000 years ago, it happens today, it's been happening throughout the time. This is a common problem for human beings, is this thing with inheritance. And what's Jesus say? What's his response? It says in verse 14, and he said unto him, man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. So this, this uh, one of the company came to Jesus. So in a way, he's like going to court, you know. Like, and, he's, and, and Jesus said, nah, 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 nah. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. You, you're born in this world with nothing. You go to the grave with nothing. It's not worth getting tied up with all these arguments. And, uh, and what he's saying is like, Taking people to court over an inheritance, it's like it's a type of uh, covetousness. It's what he's saying. It's like uh, just accept what little you get or what much you get. Walk away. Have peace, comfort. Don't worry about it. You know, um, it's, it, instead of getting caught up with this covetousness. Now, um, what is covetousness? <laughs> it is a greedy desire for something you don't have or for what others have. Now, think about it. (laughs) Um, None of us are immune from that. (laughs) This modern world, I mean, we talk about the modern world with marketing and all these things and lovely fluffy things that desire, they're encouraging us to desire things that we don't have, so we buy it and... And so that then corporations can happen, you know, so forth. Like the economy runs on covetousness today. Now we think, oh yeah, it's new, but it's not. Look, covetousness was 2,000 years ago. It's always been the case. People in covetousness, desiring something we don't have or desiring something that someone else has. And I was talking to uh, someone at work and um, recently and we're referring to this like um, uh, like celebration thing, and someone who implemented this celebration, and it was a, a wonderful thing. But then over, like she was so happy and encouraging people to implement this celebration. But then later on, people started using it as like a, a source of making money and, and commerce. And she spent the rest of her life trying to cancel this celebration. And so when I said this to this bloke at work, he goes, well, how else can you celebrate? And I I thought, he's right. Like, it's so much a part of us. We don't know how to do things without incorporating covetousness into it. 
It's just the way people are. But the reason I bring this up in a talk about comfort is that Jesus is uh, making us aware of covetousness, that it's something that, um, that we're all uh, party to and we all naturally uh, go toward. But comfort doesn't come from that. Comfort comes from seeking the Lord, the true peace, the true rest, is not from uh, the abundance of what we have or we possess, you know. And so the reason I say that as well is, um, you know, often we think, oh, if I had this and this and this and this, then I'd, I'd be comfortable, I'd be able to relax, I'd be at rest, I'd be at peace. No, the point uh, is that true comfort, true peace, true rest is internal, Okay, and that's the point I'm making here, and it's the point Jesus is making, is it's internal. Uh, you can be surrounded in nothing and still have an amazing peace. You can be surrounded in an abundance of possessions and still have internal peace and comfort and rest. It's an internal thing. It should be something that uh, uh, is separate from what's around us. So let us learn how to catch up to where the Lord wants us to be. He gave us the comforter. We have the comforter with us. Let us catch up to that. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And verse 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And verse 6, it says here quite well, it says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. That's an internal thing within us, a feeling of contentment. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment or clothes, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money, that's the key word there, as we all know, the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows, or they didn't have the comfort, they didn't have the rest and the peace. Verse 11, But thou, O man of God, uh, Paul here is talking to Timothy. O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep his commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's Paul encouraging Timothy here and just saying, look, you're a man of God. Uh, you have the comforter in you. You know, follow after righteousness and uh, Godliness, uh, leading a godly life and uh, knowing that you're right before the Lord and, uh, and being separate from the worldly ways, having that faith, no matter what happens. 
have that faith and keep praying, you know, and, uh, and, and that love, particularly love of the brethren. You look at the spirit in the brethren, you look at the heart, you know, um, we're also human beings and our soft fleshly heart can be coated in so many layers of rock. <laughs> but the Lord's saying, encouraging us to look, look at that soft fleshly heart, that love, patience, you know, like we're talking about, being patient and meekness. Uh, Jesus Christ himself was meek and lowly of heart. So follow those things and to, to have that godliness with uh, contentment. And I, it's a very simple verse, verse 6, but it's just so beautifully written. But godliness with contentment is great gain. You know, and then it uh, goes on about um, the love of money and uh, money is used to uh, increase in possessions. And so uh, that is not what our life consists of. That sort of gain, a greater gain, is contentment. That is the great gain. That's the, the, the source of peace and comfort and joy even as well. So we'll go to uh, Philippians chapter 4. And, uh, and then after that, Hebrews. But uh, just to bring this concept home of contentment, which is the same as comfort in a lot of ways. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Another simple verse here, but Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And if that wasn't enough, Paul's saying rejoice in the Lord all, all the time, he adds, and again I say rejoice. <laughs> so if, you, if you're rejoicing in the Lord always, and that's not enough, well, keep rejoicing <laughs> more and more. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful or anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thank- and that word supplication, that, that embodies thoughts of uh, meekness and lowly of heart, supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And as a result of that, the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. They are good things. They help us. Uh, to, to be at peace, those things which you have both learnt and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity, opportunity to give to Paul. Verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learnt, there's that word again, in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You know, no matter what state it is, uh, it can be anything. It can even be Victoria. <laughs> but it could be anything. <laughs> I could only say that with, um, with Ian here. <laughs> anything, no matter what state you're in, to be content. 
And it's, it's a learning process to catch up with where the Lord wants us to be. Whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. You know, I know how to be in a place where uh, I am in need or I know uh, how to be content when I'm surrounded by lots of stuff. Or a base is also another thing, another thing where, um, where you're, you're, um, the, the Lord kind of gives you a little clip under the ear here and there or, like, or a bound. It's like, yeah, okay, it's great. I'm praising the Lord. I'm floating along. It's like, yeah, it feels like the Lord is really helping me out. And, you know, that's the sort of aspect. Either way, it's something to learn to be content uh, which is great gain. Um, every, uh, halfway through verse 12, everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And that there is a key as well, this, this, uh, uh, to tap into the peace that God wants to give us, the comfort, the rest, the joy um, the knowledge of righteousness, these things like uh, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And just to hear testimony of people, and we, we know the backstory. Um, if you don't ask, you know, we're so happy to go into details about our testimony and what the Lord's done. Uh, it's just wonderful to recount that. And uh, after going through these things, you can look back, and we're encouraged as well. We can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. Strengthens us, And uh, we may feel weak, but it's he that gives us strength. He likes it when we feel weak. It's funny, isn't it? You know, because then we're relying on him. I'm weak, Lord. You know, and I was speaking to someone recently who was going through a bit of a tough time. But um, what was wonderful is they realised they had to pray about it. And that, that was just wonderful. It's like... It's out. I can't do anything. I've got to pray and pray and seek the Lord and pray and seek the Lord and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just pray and pray and pray. Prove the faith and the peace that passes all understanding. Um, yeah, Hebrews 13. The last one about this contentment thread. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 and verse 5. So it's Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Let your conversation, which is not just talking, it's also uh, your actions, how you plan things, uh, your testimony. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Okay? We boldly say, the Lord's my helper. He helps. I don't need to, uh, to have that uh, mindset of covetousness or um, these things, gaining lots of things so that I, I can have this and this and this, so that then I can do this, this and this. No, like we wanna, the Lord wants us to boldly say that he's my helper. Um, and uh, yeah, just and to realize that 
He won't leave us lacking. I was just, uh, the reason I paused there, I was thinking about a testimony um, uh, that I heard a little while ago. This this bloke was saying that um, um, he he could have had a high-paying job um, where could have a flash house, flash sorts of things, but the job just impacted on uh, his walk too much, uh, took him away from the things that the Lord wanted him to do too much, and so he got a job that was so much less pay, so much less pay. Um, his wife was able to work as well, but I remember him saying, he just said, but somehow I just don't lack anything. You know, and, and I don't know fully how the Lord does this, but, um, you know, you can look back and you think, well, somehow the Lord made it so that the roof didn't blow off the house or the, you know, these things or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that if the roof blows off the house, then it's a problem. I mean, but the Lord somehow allows us to manage and uh, so that we lack nothing. Uh, it's not something the Lord wants us to seek after is, uh, is lots of stuff. Uh, James chapter 5. James chapter 5 and verse 7. So James chapter 5 and verse 7. Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the earlier and latter rain. Be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So this example of Job, you know, we can read it. We can read it now. That patience of Job, knowing that the Lord is pitiful and full of mercy, that uh, he, he will help. And the, the reason I read this, there's the word mentioned a few times in there is patience. If we have patience and we're able to wait, you know, that gives us comfort. Knowing that the Lord uh, will help us. He will help us in this example of Job, of being patient and waiting on the things of the Lord. Um, and then in verse 8, it uses the word establish your hearts or establish. But I think of uh, establishing, building on something firm, being immovable, something that uh, will not be rocked, that uh, the winds and the waves may buffet, but we're still there. Patience is so important to wait on the Lord and not to strive and with that is that uh, I'm waiting, waiting on the Lord, <laughs> you know. Again, like I said, like, uh, I mean, those that know me, my head does spin and all sorts of stuff. We all need to pray to get to that point of comfort the Lord wants us to be because just waiting on the Lord to resolve it can be pretty hard. Um, but that's what the Lord wants us to do, to have that comfort and peace within, within us. Uh, Second Thessalonians chapter 3. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Verse 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that you both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. So there we've read a couple of things, and I've mentioned it, you know, about uh, learning and being taught about these things, uh, learning how to lay our burdens and uh, learning about contentment and, as I've said, uh, get to the point where, uh, where we can truly experience these inner feelings of comfort. But what, here's another avenue that the Lord has is, is given us in verse 5, and it says, and the Lord direct your hearts. Okay, how wonderful is that? Like the Lord direct our hearts. This is where your heart should be. You know, I want, I want to direct you to a point of comfort, inner peace. So where do we get direction from? From the word. This is where we get direction from, from meetings, uh, listening to testimony, advice from those that have been through things. Direct our heart. So it's us learning as well, but the Lord doesn't leave it all up to us. He even helps us with that, directs us, holds our hand in a figurative sense, uh, which I understand would be um, a good image for those that have a fluffy mind, but uh, those that are black and white, yeah, not so. <laughs> so the Lord hold, hold our hand and direct us through things and uh, to, to get to a... To, understand true comfort and peace and uh, and the lord is faithful he wants us to be faithful and uh, and he can help us with that matthew chapter 6 wonderful passage i won't read it but i'll read the last two um, verses this page almost opens up in my bible matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So number one, number one is seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. And uh, when I read this, I think of... um, the, the widow from Zarephath and Elijah, and uh, she had that last morsel of food. And um, what did Elijah say? Bake it that I may eat. <laughs> what? <laughs> and Elijah means, well, the Lord is God, Elijah. And, uh, and so Elijah is a type of God, and this widow of Zarephath is us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, that last morsel. Seek him first, and then 
your cup will run over. You know, that, uh, that pot never ran out the whole time of the, um, the famine because she sought the Lord first. And that's the advice, like things, well, you don't have the inner peace, the joy, the comfort, seek the Lord first. You know, I don't sit back and, okay, I'm doing all this stuff and running around everywhere and, and the Lord's not giving me anything. Seek the Lord. Pray to the Lord first. As it says here, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that understanding of righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, just like the widow from Zarephath. Luke 21. Just one verse in Luke chapter 21, verse 19. Luke chapter 21, Luke 21 and verse 19. It says here, in your patience possess ye your souls. How about that? In your patience possess like a possession. It's like um, you've grabbed hold of your soul, like the, 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 your, your motivations or the, what drives you. The, the soul is what, well, basically keeps us alive. Um, the soul directs us and, uh, and in your patience possess your souls. You know, uh, uh, you start to understand the plan of God and uh, that, that he is infinite and we're part of that plan. And that this little blip in our eternal life is just a little blip. Possess your souls. Um, grab hold of it and be determined to overcome, to, to be patient for the coming of the Lord. Uh, that he is gracious, he is faithful, he said he'll do it. So be patient, possess your souls and wait, wait for it. And the flow on from that is this comfort. Okay, penultimate scripture, Psalm 46. We'll finish with a couple of psalms. Psalm chapter 46, to uh, build images of comfort. Psalm chapter 46, and verse 10. So that's Psalm chapter 46, and verse 10. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. You know, refuge, that's a place of safety. The sheep coat, you know, he guides us uh, in and out to pastures. We can rely on him. It's a type that he's given us. But he wants us to be still, you know, that patience and be still that he will comfort us. He will give us joy. Um, he will guide us to pastures. He will guide us back to a refuge. We just need to be guided. uh, uh, And he will be exalted among the heathen, that our testimony will shine. You know, um, and I I know in my uh, own testimony, it took years for something to to finally be understood by those around me, where I uh, had to put the Lord first and... uh, and there were comments initially, but I didn't really know what to do except just keep plodding along, going to work, going home, going to meetings, praying, reading, outreaching and so forth. And then it was years later that, um, that indeed the Lord was exalted among the heathen, that there was a realisation that, yes, by following God's commandments, God's guidance, 
that uh, it was the right thing to do. Last one, Psalm 63. Psalm chapter 63. You know, it's funny, like, um, you reflect on these moments and you can't help but um, kind of how you felt at the time comes back, you know, and, but then what's wonderful is we cover up that, that discomfort with the joy that the Lord was proven true. Um, Psalm 63 and uh, verse 1. So this is Psalm chapter 63 and verse 1. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Don't we understand that? We have a desire, and the Lord wants us to have that desire, to see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I'll lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. So my soul will be satisfied. It's possessed. Possessed. I possessed my soul. And, uh, and, there's comfort, that satisfaction. That's also a word that uh, embodies some sort of comfort. And my mouth will praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. Wonderful verses, eight verses there to, uh, to think of thoughts of comfort and how the Lord wants to do these things and how he does do things. He's true to his word, he is faithful to his word and, uh, and he wants our soul to be satisfied, which is inside us. It's not around us, it's within uh, and to experience that comfort that he's got all things in hand. Okay, thank you.